the reality is, you know, we all want to feel comfortable in our bodies and we want to feel functional in our bodies. I get to show people that we can feed ourselves realistically and that behavior change part is my favorite. Nutrition is just so much behavior as opposed to like, oh, I know what the healthiest food is to eat. Welcome to the Daily Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Stacey Mitchell, registered dietitian and personal trainer. I am so happy to have you here. My goal for this podcast is to break down the latest health topics and help clear the clutter in the messy world of nutrition and fitness. We hope to inspire, educate, and entertain all things wellness. We cut the baloney of the food shaming and focus on making healthy habits that work for you. Join us as we talk with experts in their fields on how to feel our best in our own body and mind. Why, hello everyone. It's great to have you with us this week. Have you ever said or heard someone say, you're so skinny, eat something? Today, we are talking with registered dietitian Emily at build.curves on Instagram. Emily's focus is helping her clients gain weight in a healthy way. Now, this topic may not be your top priority, but maybe you know someone that is struggling to gain weight and want to improve their nutrition by overcoming GI issues, lack of hunger, or other roadblocks in their health journey. I feel the gold nugget of this conversation is when we talk about how we comment or intend to compliment other people about their body weight, and it may not be a compliment to them. So with this conversation, Emily tells her story as she dealt with many comments herself about being skinny, lacking body confidence, and not being able to maintain realistic overall health. She tells us how she helps her clients build a healthy relationship with food and go from confused to thriving. Join us for this conversation. Well, Emily, it's so great to have you here with us. Can you introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are and what you do? Yeah. So, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Emily Berge, and I am a registered dietitian. Um, I have my own business. Um, if you go on Instagram, it's at build.curves. And what I do is I help women gain weight, um, which is, you know, a very small niche. Um, but a much needed one because there aren't a lot of practitioners that will help people gain weight. And these are women who don't necessarily have a history of, you know, an eating disorder or anything like that. They've maybe been thin their whole lives, or maybe they had a recent illness that made them lose weight and they're having a hard time putting it back on. That is a very precise niche. Now with this, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have a passion. Tell us your story, how you got connected to this. Yeah. So, um, so for me personally, I was always, um, the skinny one growing up. So I was always very thin, um, and, uh, always would have the comments, which I know all my clients, like people are not very creative when they make comments about you being skinny. So it's usually, you know, Oh my God, you could blow away or eat a burger Um, I got that one a lot. Or do you ever eat things like that? So I had a lot of that and it was always in the back of my mind that I was like, Oh, I want to gain weight. Right. And a lot of it was based in how other people were talking to me. 
Um, and I know a lot of my clients, they're really insecure about how their body looks and they wish they, they could gain weight so that they stop these comments. Um, I was really fortunate because I still was fairly confident in my body, but I knew I wasn't very strong either. So, um, I started, um, I started exercising and lifting weights. Um, I joined a really amazing gym. Uh, I'll give them a shout out, uh, Kana Fitness in Ambler, PA. If anybody's from Ambler, PA or around that area, um, they're an amazing gym and they really taught me a lot about strength. And it was the first gym that I went to that wasn't shrouded in um, losing weight. Like that wasn't the draw of like, oh, we're burning calories. We're doing this. So that was always something that pushed me away from fitness classes because it would be like, oh, well, I don't want to lose anything. So <laughs> I don't really want to do this then. Um, but that was really, you know, that started and I started gaining muscle. So I gained a little bit of weight and I felt so great. So then I actively, you know, I had already at this point been a dietitian um, for years. Um, and that also contributed as, I mean, the, being a dietitian did not contribute to weight loss, but my busy schedule, I had a lot of things going on. I was missing meals because I was in meetings and doing other things. And so I'd lost some more weight. Um, and I was like, Oh no, this wasn't my plan. Um, so when I gained that weight after exercise, I made, you know, I actually actively tried to gain weight and I finally gained um, and I felt so good and, um, and I thought about it and I was interested in starting my own business, um, especially in the, on the Instagram sphere. So I really liked that, um, almost that casualness of like an Instagram community where you can really be yourself and that's what makes people connect to you. Um, and I had always worked with helping, you know, seniors gain weight cause I work in long-term care. And so it only made sense, you know, Hey, share my journey on weight gain. I already have a lot of experience with it based in my, you know, career. So I was like, I think this is a much needed spot for women. Um, because they're really, when you search, there's not many, uh, many places to look for healthy weight gain. No, you find everything on the opposite end with the weight loss mm -hmm. and restriction and, and all the above. But you know, no matter what shape or size a person is, the comments, you know, and I think a lot of people think yeah. that saying you're going to blow away is a compliment. And so mm -hmm. or what recommendations would you would say for people on the outside looking in who want to be thin? How do you comment? Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. So I think I think we have a lot more similarities than differences, first of all, um, because I think that is the the hard, um, the hard thing is, you know, when you're thin and someone makes a comment like that and hurts your feeling and you try to explain it sometimes, um, uh, I know a lot of my clients have been met with a little bit of, um, you know, defensiveness saying like, Oh, but you're so lucky. You're so lucky. Um, the reality is, you know, we all want to feel comfortable in our bodies and we want to feel functional in our bodies. And I think, you know, if someone is, commenting on your body it's such a hard thing you have to separate having to learn how to separate yourself from their comments because their comments don't always mean exactly like what they're saying you know what I mean um sometimes they can be you know backhanded compliments or they could be you know something they feel about themselves um but 
I think the best way too is just to kind of, you know, share as much as you feel comfortable sharing. If someone is saying something about your body, um, and you can either educate them on why you want to do that, why you want to gain weight or what it means to you. Um, or you can just, you know, kind of end the conversation as well because you don't have to share, you know, all your personal stuff with people. Um, they can say whatever you want, but you can too. Um, so you don't have to, to share. I think I'm answering the question, but I'm not 100% sure. No, so it's, it's, a hard, sure. it's a hard question. And even giving someone a compliment after they lost weight, I think, that is like mm-hmm. a, no, we just don't need to go oh, there. Yeah. So either or, mm-hmm. the whole complimenting on weight is not a compliment anymore. You can say, yes. you look great and leave it at that. <laughs> yep. And I think, um, and, if, and if you're finding yourself, I did this really interesting, when I was in my undergrad, I took a, um, a course on eating disorders um, and one of the tasks they gave us as a challenge was try to go a whole day without complimenting someone's body. Um, and a lot of people came back saying like, wow, this is really hard because I didn't realize how often I do it. Like, Oh my God, you look so great. Oh my God. You know, did you lose weight? Oh my God. Did you gain weight? If it's someone that wanted to gain weight um, and reframing those conversations, like, since that, I mean, I don't think I often gave a lot of body-focused com- compliments, but since then I was really attentive to it. And, you know, you can focus on someone's personality. Um, so, like, if they look really great in a dress, instead of being like, oh, my gosh, your body looks so good in that dress, you can say, oh, my gosh, you have such great style. Um, you know, you're so good at picking clothes. Oh, my gosh. Because that's a behavior of them. That's a personality trait to have that kind of eye for fashion or eye for clothes, you know, and color combination and things like that. Um, and it doesn't mean you don't give compliments. You still can. It's just trying to re bring them away from body focused compliments because it's true. You don't know what someone's going through. Um, like the comment, you know, if someone loses a lot of weight and someone says, Oh my God, you look great. You have no idea if they're in the process of grief, if they have an eating disorder, if they have severe anxiety or depression that's prevented them from eating if they have an illness. So that compliment could be really hurtful um, and make someone really uncomfortable. Yes. And it's hard to get creative because we're not used to that. We're so used to complimenting mm-hmm. on the body focus as opposed to, like you said, the the characteristic type. So great examples. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. That gets a little tricky. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, with your clients and with social media, what would you say is your main message? Yeah. So, um, my main message with, with weight gain, um, because I know a lot of my clients, this does have to do with body image because a lot of my clients come to me initially with body image concerns. So they say, I want to gain weight because I want to look better. So I have to be truthful or not truthful. I have to be, um, in line with what they're asking for. So a lot of them do want me to also identify with them. Yes, I know you're here because you want to look a certain way. But my, my main focus with it after that is how do you want to feel? So when you gain weight, yes, maybe you gain an aesthetic you wanted, but when you gain weight, you gain a lot of strength. Um, you're usually nurturing yourself a lot better than you were before. So your energy levels improve. 
Um, so what it really is, is basically a process of respecting your body and building that energy and strength for yourself. Um, so that's the main focus. But of course, you know, the initial draw, I could say almost all my clients, you know, oh, I want to look a certain way. I want to look a certain way. And I think it's, it's understandable to come into it that way, you know, with this idea of I, I want my body to look like some, a certain thing. Um, but when you actually do start to gain and feel that, realize you actually have more energy and you actually, you know, you're feeling better physically, like your stomach's feeling better, your digestion's better, you know, um, you're getting stronger. And if you've been working out in the gym, it's like all of a sudden those things start to take priority over the number on the scale or the way the pants fit or the way the dress looks. Um, you know, and sometimes those things come with it too, but the priorities start to shift, which is really cool to watch. And what type of medical issues, GI issues, hunger issues Mm -hmm. do you see in clients that you kind of have to keep tackling, um, or overcoming with? Mm -hmm. So I would say, um, so a lot of, uh, my clients struggle with having an appetite. So having a strong enough appetite. And we do, I usually will dig around a little bit, right? Because some causes of a low appetite, I see a lot of people who've had a lot of high stress levels like anxiety or depression. I know for me with gaining weight, that was one of my biggest things that prevented me from gaining weight was anxiety and depression. Um, So that's a common one. Um, I also mentioned before that I had ADHD. That's a common one because all of a sudden it's, you know, like midnight and you're like, I didn't make dinner, you know, because you're totally off thinking about something else or involved in something else or you didn't do any of your dishes. So now you don't have any pots to clean with. And you're like, oh, my God. what happened? <laughs> so I do get that um, as far as um, digestive issues, which goes along with appetite, too, because if you have a lot of digestive issues, you probably don't have a really good appetite. Um, so I've had people who have, you know, maybe they've had a lot of constipation. That's pretty common. Um, so we talk a lot about, you know, okay, how do we help resolve some of this constipation um, and just eat more of a variety of foods? Because sometimes in the weight gain process, people are afraid to eat things like fruits and vegetables because they're lower calories. So it, and I know I used to do this too. I'd be like, oh, I wanted a salad because I wanted a vegetable, but maybe I shouldn't get a vegetable because it's not going to be enough calories. And like, I'm going to eat this and feel full. And then I'll be like, I'll just stay underweight. Um, But then if you don't eat any vegetables or fruit, well, your stomach is going to be a mess and (laughs) you're not going to want to eat anything else later anyway. So, um, so starting to like, you know, help people see, yeah, it's okay. You can gain weight with a mix of high and low calorie foods. They go hand in hand. You can have them together. Not every single item you eat has to be an avocado, like, you know, <laughs> or like a vat of oil. So right. um, there definitely can be some variety. And looking on the outside, someone may say, oh, it'd be easy to gain weight. I could have all the milkshakes. I could have all the f- hamburgers and fries and pizza and all the above. But that's not always the case. Yeah, that's. <laughs> It isn't. And there's, you know, I've had clients do the same thing and said, you know, oh, like I'll just eat, you know, hamburgers and I'll just eat fast food. And it sometimes backfires because they don't feel well. 
and their stomach hurts. So then they'll have one day where they eat a whole bunch and then the next day they undereat because they're not feeling well. And then they'll eat again, you know, a decent amount of calories, but then the next day they'll undereat because they don't feel well. Um, so, so that's the, and that's also the, you know, we all have our unique appetites and our unique, you know, preferences in food. And that's where it's hard for someone who hasn't struggled with their weight to understand how, how do you not, you know, eat something and just gain weight? Or how do you stop yourself from eating? Well, if you feel nauseous or you're stressed out and your anxiety makes you nauseous or, you know, you have stomach issues, eating, being hungry, you know, isn't there. Um, so it, it can be really hard to, you know, make yourself eat when you don't have an appetite. And that's like a, like, think about, you know, for people who haven't maybe experienced this, think about when you've had like a stomach flu and you know, like that day afterwards, you're like, I should eat something. Cause I'm like kind of hungry, but you're like kind of scared, you know, for, for people who, um, struggle with an appetite, it's kind of always this like, uh, I could eat like I'm hungry and then I take a bite and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, it's like too much. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, so that's really frustrating, especially when you want to enjoy the food, but your, your body is kind of rejecting it a little bit. Yes. That's, that's a great example. Um, cause we've all, we've all been there on those days where you just feel yeah. awful and food is not even on the mind. And I always think, yeah. wow, how, you know, any other day, food would totally be on the mind in my case, but uh, not not so yep. much. Yes. So taking them in a step process, what kind of foods should they incorporate to, to start this process of gaining weight? Yeah, so that is a great question. Because So I'll explain a little bit. So in my um, program, which is a 12-week program, and it's a group program, which is so awesome because you get like almost like a support team of other women in the program who also are going through the similar things as you, which is like we've already said, very rare to find um, other um, people who are trying to gain weight. So it's nice to create this little community where it's like, all right, we're all on the same page. Like this is all a goal of ours and we can share about it openly without somebody saying something judgmental about our goals. Um, so where I usually start, because I've had a lot of clients who have been told by doctors or other practitioners when they've wanted to gain weight, they've kind of just been given a calorie number. So it's been like, oh, eat 3,000 calories or eat. I've even had some people say they've been told eat 4,000 calories by like a doctor. And they get very overwhelmed very quickly because they say that's too much food. I feel sick when I eat that. So I like to start very gentle in my approach. Um, and I like to make it, I'll tell you like what I generally do, but I do adjust for each person's preferences and lifestyle. But what I usually start with, if a person is really struggling, um, to get, um, to get into a routine, that's where the routine is key. So first question I always ask is, do you eat three meals a day? If they say no, if there's a meal that's missing, that's their first goal is to get three meals in. So a common one that people miss is breakfast. So if you're missing breakfast, your first goal is to get something in for breakfast. So we're not even getting specific. Like if you want to eat, you know, a piece of toast for breakfast, so that's all you can handle, go for it. I even tell people a little glass of juice, a couple crackers. If you've never been a breakfast person, you have no appetite. Don't tell yourself you're going to make an omelet and like sit down for breakfast and eat it. 
We want to be really realistic. So that's usually where I start. If someone's already eating three meals a day, then I'll move on to something like snacks. I say, are you eating any snacks? Same thing. We go, what's your favorite snack? Start there. Start with something that makes you comfortable. We can adjust all this stuff later, right? If there's certain nutrients we want to add more of. Um, and that's where there's this, why the 12-week program is good, because that first month is kind of like, all right, let's figure out where there's holes in your routine. Can we add something to them? And then can we build on this in the next month or the next month after that? Um, and they take those skills with them even after they leave the program to know, okay, I don't have to be perfect right away. I can add something in and then make little adjustments. Um, cause I really do think that's the biggest downfall is when we think we have to be so super perfect and exact the first time we do something because it, it always just leads to frustration and then like, oh, I'm bad at this. Never mind. Um, so yeah, once they add the snack in, you know, we can add more snacks and then we do talk about some high calorie foods. Um, so adding in things like oils, um, you know, if someone who normally would, you know, have rice on the side of something, add a tablespoon of oil in there right? To just add an extra hundred calories. Um, things like avocados, nuts, and seeds. Those are high calorie foods that also have a lot of nutrients in them. So they give us some fiber, but they also give us, you know, healthy fats. They give us, um, vitamins and minerals. So those are a great way. I use a lot of those as incorporations, um, as long as you're not allergic to them. Um, we talk a lot too about, um, adding in protein in general. So um, adding in things like meat and egg and cheese, if you're able to have those, if you're vegan or vegetarian, you know, we talk things like tofu. Um, we talk about beans. We try to incorporate, figure out, okay, are you getting enough protein in in a day to help keep those energy levels in your body and also keep building muscle, if, especially if you decide to start exercising more. Um, we want to make sure we have enough of that. So I like to really make it individualized as best I can, but there is a general kind of formula to follow when you start the process. There's so much that plays into it with lifestyle and all the above, almost than you realize. I mean, I think too, like even with you saying like, saying that, I think one of the biggest things, like I get this in my DMs all the time, people will be like, okay, what food should I eat to gain weight? And it's like, it's, there's no magic food. There really isn't. You could, you know, it, we, let's look at what you're already eating and see what we can do with that, first of all, because obviously you like those foods or they serve some perfect purpose for you. Maybe you don't love it, but it's convenient. So I'm really big, too, with convenience foods. I'm a huge proponent of that. And actually, that's something I've seen a lot of clients who have had this really high expectation on themselves that they should be cooking things from scratch but they run out of time or it's hard for them to, to organize that in their life. And they end up just like not having dinner or having like snacks for dinner. Cause that used to be me too. I would be like, I should cook from scratch. Cause I'm a dietitian. <laughs> uh, now I'm like, you know what, if it's convenient, I would do it. You know, always have like big fan of just always having frozen things on hand, frozen meals or pre-made meals. Anything to make it easier so that you make sure you at least get that meal in or that snack in. Pre-cut fruit. I'm all about it. Like, I am never cutting a pineapple in my life. And I, I used to feel guilty about it. And now I've, I have embraced it. 
I will never, ever cut a pineapple. And it's okay. Like, I am always going to buy the pre-cut one. (laughs) Yes. I love those shortcuts. It's fine. Um, Within a three-month program, that is a good amount of time, but yet it's not. I mean, it goes fast, Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Do you see changes within the GI and energy levels fairly quickly? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, one of the big things, I would say energy, um, energy usually comes pretty quickly with uh with clients and everybody's here's the other thing too is everybody's there for slightly different reasons and everybody's there with slightly different goals and and different lifestyles so i've had some people who have had um like one client i had she was very uh she had just started exercising with her friend and they had a nice little routine going so that had helped her boost her appetite already right before she started in the program so she was kind of at a good kickstart so she started gaining weight really quickly. Right. Um, whereas someone else, you know, we kind of had to dig around and figure out, okay, well, what's going on with your schedule? Um, you know, you're having trouble making time for breaks at work. So how do we kind of confront that? Um, you're also having stomach issues. So let's confront that. So she started to notice she was kind of learning more about her routine first. And then by the end of the program, she was starting to feel more energized um, actually by the middle, probably because she started incorporating more carbohydrates. She was a really active person, um, for her job. So she was under eating in carbohydrates. So she would like leave and be exhausted. Um, and so, um, she started seeing energy levels. And then I got a message from her after she finished my program. Um, she actually messaged me like a couple months later or no, probably, I think how long later, but she had gained a bunch of weight then because she was like, yeah, I just kept following the routine and, and, you know, she figured out a lot of stuff with her stomach and she was like, it's just, I feel great now. Work is so much easier. So it, it really is like, um, each person has their own journey to it, but usually I will see like the energy and the aha moments come pretty quickly of like, oh my God, you know, it's not impossible to gain weight. Like, I think that's the, the first realization of like, wait, there are things I can do. Some people have gotten to a point that they feel so like just downtrodden. Like they've given up. They're like, it's impossible. I eat cake and ice cream all the time and I can't gain weight. Um, but when we really dig in there, we find little places that people can, um, can add those calories in and, and in a healthy way too. So it's more sustainable. That GI health is so important, whether it's weight gain or even weight loss for people and just general health. It's like kind of that uh-huh. uh, unlocking the key to help cure how you feel. How or what simple ways do you tell your clients for recommendations for improving the gut health? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, so I usually start out with the fruits and vegetables. Um, so I will start out with saying, you know, let's have, um, try to get in one more half cup of fruit and a half cup of vegetable per day than we're already doing. So if you're having zero, one, if you're having one, now we've got two half cups, you know, worth. Um, so I usually will start with that one because it can make such, especially if you're constipated, it can make such a huge impact to add vegetable and a fruit because it's got the fiber, but it's also got the fluid with it too. 
So it's like a double whammy of, of, um, of helping that the GI tract function properly. Um, if we need to go a little more, um, hardcore, <laughs> you know, if someone's really struggling a little more. And, and like I said, it's a process, you know, you can keep adding on to the fiber, um, in your diet slowly. So you don't feel like so, you know, upset, but I've learned, you know, um, I don't know if you know, do you know, Rachel Muzzy? She's, uh, at bloat.free.nutritionist. Okay. So she is, she's an awesome one to follow too. She does all GI health and helping with bloating and things like that. And, um, I'm actually, I'll say this now, I'm working with her now because I found out that I had H. pylori. Um, so through her program, so she does a stool test and everything like that. So that was really helpful for me, but she gave this really awesome, um, you know, she calls them mocktails, mineral mocktails. And so, you know, you'll take, I drink like, you know, a cup of orange juice, which has potassium in it. And then I put, you know, a half teaspoon of magnesium powder and that can help keep everything moving and then add a little bit of salt too. And it's this little, she calls them mineral mocktails and they just, it makes it sound so much more fun. So she taught me that. So I've been then utilizing it, you know, when my clients specifically say, oh my gosh, I'm so constipated and I eat vegetables and I don't know what's going on. That's, I'll start to be like, my friend Rachel told me. <laughs> I love that name. That's but, so cute. <laughs> yeah. But she has a lot of really good information too on that. And she does more for people who have, you know, more of that diagnostic end of things of people who do get diagnosed. And I think a lot of us, you know, the front lines is adding in those fruits and vegetables. And for a lot of my clients, that solves their problem. Like it, it felt like this like impossible feat. And it's like, oh, and then if that doesn't work, then we push further, right? Yes. So sometimes I'll refer them out to someone like Rachel. Um, I'll always refer out if I see something that I think is more serious. Um, I'll refer out to, you know, a GI, a doctor, you know, whatever other specialist might be needed. Um, even with mental health too, I'll refer out for mental health services. Um, and that really is the benefit too of having a dietitian working with a dietitian. We know is that we've been trained in the medical field so we can recognize these things when things are out of our scope of practice, we can say, Hey, I've seen this before. It's not my, you know, profession, but I know you should see another professional and you can help guide them in any supporting, you know, health practitioners they might need. Yes. Building that healthcare professional team to help the yes. overall health of that individual. Yes. That's mm -hmm. why dietitians are important. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, when you're talking about the fruits and vegetables years ago, I worked at a grocery store and there was an older man come in and he's like, I'm having some stomach issues and, you know, goes into much bigger details. And <laughs> I said, fruits and vegetables, try adding more. And then a couple of days later, he came out, came back and he's like, you know, that really worked. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's so true. And you know what? Um, I've had like, even myself, I like, you know, I'm a dietitian. We're dietitians. And like I said before, there's been, you're so busy taking care of other people sometimes, um, especially in the beginning of your career. Yeah. When you're new, you're like, I have to save everyone. Um, and you kind of forget about yourself. Um, I'm someone that I will like openly admit, I there are, there are times I go without vegetables and fruit. 
And I can tell now my body does not like it. And I can identify like, oh, yeah, I haven't had a vegetable or a fruit. You know what would solve my problem? If I had one of those. <laughs> so, you know, I'm guilty of it, too. But that's why having, you know, when you're in a program and you're in a group, it's like super helpful to have that that kind of reminder for those weeks to help get you in a more of a routine, even to do the stuff you already knew would have been healthy and would have been great. It's like, you really just need that extra support. I mean, that's why I worked with Rachel, you know, like I know stuff about the GI track and I know certain things, but it was like, Oh, but if I'm on a call with everybody else, I'll, I'll follow it. <laughs> right. That accountability, that support mm-hmm. is, is, is very helpful. Um, yeah. Tell everyone your Instagram and then share more information about uh, what you like to post on, on there. Mm-hmm. So my Instagram is at build.curves. Um, I used to be at Weight Gain Nutritionist and that was like way too long. Um, <laughs> I was like <laughs> too long for everything. Um, but on my Instagram, I like to post a mix of um, I'll do like tips in the form of like Twitter posts, I'll do like maybe like three bullet points, right? So that'll have some tips. I like to do some funny reels every once in a while. Um, and they just kind of, kind of help you identify with the, I like to kind of hit home with that feeling of, you know, I get you, you know what I mean? Like I get people are making comments about your weight. I get that people are judging you for being skinny or you feel like people are judging you for being skinny. I get that. Like I'm here. I get it. I understand. You can talk to me. So I do have those, the relatable posts. Um, I do like to post, um, and I really want to do more of this. I admit I was flacking, but more like snack ideas, like really simple ones, like two ingredient snack ideas, um, or like quick little recipes. So I'll post those as well. Um, and that's something that I think, you know, that's usually what most of my followers will say, Oh, we love those. Those are really helpful. Um, and they really do like the, the ones that I mentioned where it was like the identifying one where it's like, I get you. Like they really appreciate that too, because it's nice to hear, hear someone else in your shoes. So that's a really common one. But I do, I also, I'll say this too. I'm in my DMS a lot more now. So I haven't been. I've been on a couple like vacations and things like that. And I was in a couple weddings. So I've been like a little, you know, off the grid. Um, but I've been in my DMS actually a lot. So I've been having conversations with people. So I really encourage you, you know, if you think this is something you're interested in, um, just send me a message, you know, on Instagram and I'll respond to you and we can chat a little bit about what kind of goals you have. Um, I do love to set up a call with my, you know, prospective clients when they say, oh, I want to hear more about the program or because then I get a a better feel for what they actually would need. Um, I, like I said, I do the group programs, but I occasionally will take one-on-one clients if that is really something that's better for them. But usually the group I think is the most appropriate. I think you get the most out of the group, but you know, if someone has more personal medical conditions or things like that, you know, that they don't want to share we can be in a private setting too. So I usually like to get on a call, talk with people or talk in the DMs to get a little more information. Great. And you have that link in your bio, I see too. So we can direct people towards there. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. So if you go to my Instagram and you go to, you know, my page, there is a link, it'll take you right there. And then you can fill out an application. Um, That's really helpful for me because that's where you put in 
You'll put in your, um, your email, your phone number. You'll also put in your Instagram handle if you have one and I'll just find you through Instagram. And that has been the best way. Like I've done email before, but I have to be honest, I don't even check my email. I already told you, Stacey, I was like, make sure to text me because I'll probably won't check my email again. There's so much um, email. But yeah, so I'll just shoot you a message and say, hey, let's set up a time to talk. Um, so I try to be pretty responsive unless I'm, you know, off somewhere. <laughs> busy, busy. Um, you do a fantastic job on your reels. Is there a certain one that has really resonated with your audience or has gotten a lot of uh, views? Yes, actually. So actually, because I do them on TikTok first because I like how <laughs> TikTok, like I, I understand how to make those better. So okay. I occasionally will do them directly from the reels, but usually I do it on TikTok and then just bring them over to the reels. And one that did really well on TikTok specifically um, was one where I talked about um, when you're underweight and you go to the doctor and then you get a blood test and you find out your cholesterol is too high and you're like, wait a minute. And, you know, you don't know what to do because you don't want to cut anything out, but you're scared because your cholesterol is high. And I, I shared that one because I had that same problem. And I had a lot of people say, oh, my God, this is me. This is me. Um, because. You know, some of us um, have some genetic predispositions to higher cholesterol. I know my family, we are a little more genetically predisposed to high cholesterol. Um, but it is a really conflicting thing when your doctor tells you, oh, yeah, your levels are high, but we don't really want you to, like, lose weight. So just keep eating whatever. And then you're like, wait, what do I do? <laughs> so that one resonated with a lot of people, which I was not expecting, actually. Um and then other ones that really resonate, trying to think back to my reels. Um, I had one that had a lot of comments about uh, family members making comments on what they're eating at like a family cookout where it's like, oh, is that all you're going to eat? And then you're like, I don't even want to eat anymore. <laughs> like I'm going somewhere else. That one, I think I had a lot of people message me about that one actually too and just be like, oh my God, that's my family. They always say something. Um, so I have, I've had like a couple reels like that where I say the family who tries to kind of pressure you into eating more than you really want to. That's so, that's so cool when you like bring up a point and then everybody else is like, that happened to me too. It probably just opens the door mm -hmm. to so much conversations, connection, um, mm -hmm. with you and getting that process started. Yes. Yeah. And it, it's amazing too, like since doing Instagram and going on this, this journey with my business. Um, it's really wild how many people have these same experiences. Like, and they think they're the only one. Like, they'll say, like, the amount of people that will say the same thing, like, oh, my doctor said this to me, or my family always says this to me. And it's like, oh my God, that's in my inbox like a million times a day. Like, I literally hear it all the time. And that's why. That's what's great about Instagram and social media in the sense that you can kind of create this unifying post or video or something like that where people feel like they've finally been heard. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's that's what I've experienced. And I had no idea that was actually like a thing that anybody else would have ever experienced. Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you're I don't know if anyone else has your niche. Mm -hmm. There's. And there's, there's um, especially as far as dietitians, yeah. there's other people that help with weight gain. Um, but it's usually firstly, first of all, it's usually not solely weight gain. 
Um, there's another woman who does a great job with hers, but she is not a dietitian or nutritionist, but she's, she's really great. Um, but she has, um, a page and then there's, um, there's some like trainers, like, so there's some sure. sports train, like fitness trainers <laughs> who will do things, but they usually also will talk about fat loss and weight loss too. Um, so yeah, as far as like a sole, you know, weight gain person, there's not too many of us. Yeah. So. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so in that case, what do you love about being a dietitian? So my favorite part of being a dietitian, surprisingly, is not like the food part, which <laughs> I, for, there was a little bit of my life where I was like, why, do you, why am I a dietitian? Because like I've said, I've struggled myself to be like, oh, I don't want to cook that. Uh, I just want to have a frozen dinner. Uh, I want to do this. <laughs> And for a long time, I felt like a bad dietitian because I had those feelings. But what I love about it is that I get to show people that we can feed ourselves realistically and that behavior change part is my favorite because nutrition is just so much behavior um, as opposed to like, oh, I know what the healthiest food is to eat or I know the food with the highest calories. Like, it's not that. It's about what habits am I doing every day or, you know, multiple times a week? What habits am I doing that help me mentally, help me physically, help me, you know, spiritually? Like what are these things that I'm doing that are like fueling me in many different ways? Um, and that's my favorite part is helping people realize that like, yeah, so nutrition is not always about the food part. <laughs> it's a lot about just the lifestyle part. <laughs> Right. So that's been a really fun thing to be have an opportunity to do. And once you make that connection with them, they're like, oh, my gosh, like the light bulb just comes off like, yes, I can do this. So that's yep. it's great to show it, them. It that. Suddenly becomes, yeah, it suddenly becomes manageable and like it suddenly becomes possible because I think when you get so much into the and I have this happen, you know, like I said, I work in a nursing home, too. And when I do consults with some of my residents and when I do stuff with my clients, but a lot of the residents here, cause I do, um, I do have, you know, a lot of consults and they will say, I do a nutrition talk as well once a month at each of the communities I'm in. And they will always ask like a really specific question. Like, so like, this is a common one, sweet potatoes, what's better, sweet potato or white potato. And I always just go, which one, which one do you like better? And they're like, no, but which one's healthier? And I'm like, I mean, if which one are you willing to eat? Well, I don't really like sweet potatoes. Then white potatoes. Like, that's what it is. You know, like, they both have good nutrition. The reality is, what are you actually going to do? You know, if I tell you all these facts about nutrition, it's cool if you like facts. Like, that's great. Like, if you just like facts about things, that's fabulous. But what are you actually going to do with that information? If you're not going to do anything with it, it's not very helpful. Um so let's find the things you are willing to, to incorporate, you know, let's find out the behaviors you are willing to try. Um, instead of just saying, tell me the perfect meal plan, you know, Monday through Friday, what I should be eating. And it's like, are you going to follow it? Well, yeah. You've never cooked before. Well, no. Okay. Well, let's be real. <laughs> you know? Right. Oh, um, things we all hear all the time, right? That's why it's, it's so 
comedic, I guess I should say in that in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> For us dietitians, you know, and other dietitians listening, y'all, that's our that's our moment where we're like, we get that. <laughs> and yes, we always get sweet potato or white potato. What's more nutritious? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and people want to hate on white potato so much, and I'm like, don't hate on the white potato. They're still so good. There's still <laughs> lots of good nutrients. You're right. <laughs> um, any other last <laughs> words before we go on to our closing questions? Um, well, first of all, of course, thank you for having me on. This has been fabulous. You're very entertaining, um, by the way. So thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think my closing thing is, you know. I think also the, I've even had some clients who've, who've come on, come with my program and almost realized like, I don't know if I actually want to gain weight, but I just need something. So like, it's about, like we said before, it's about how you feel, right? It's okay if you come in for some superficial reasons to change your body and you want things, that's okay. But the ultimate goal is how do you want to feel and how do you want to function? Um, and nutrition can help you do that. Uh, working with a dietitian can help you do that um, because we have ex- so much experience with the science part of things, but also the behavioral part of things. And we can help you fuse those together um, so that you're not just like, you know, running around with a chicken, like a chicken with his head cut off being like, what do I do next? What do I do next? We can help be the voice of reason when it's like, just stay consistent. Things will happen. It will work. <laughs> yes. That's the benefit too of having someone to help you, you know, help guide you. Very well said. I love it. Um, okay, we'll go into our first question. If you were on a TV show, which one would you be on? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> okay. So I'm trying to think of what TV shows I'm watching now. So, okay, I'll say this one because I don't know if it would be my usual, like, yes, definitely. But I am going to be um, getting married next year. So I've been watching Say Yes to the Dress. So I feel like that would be reasonable. Low pressure. You just show up. you shopping for your dress. They make it seem dramatic for you. And then you leave, you know, you're getting something done, too. So I would say that. That sounds like a fun one. I like that. <laughs> Um, what is one food someone has said a dietitian eats that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a lot of things that I eat. (laughs) Um, there's a lot of things. I'm trying to think of what the most recent one I used to get it. I'll say actually when I was in college, I wasn't a dietitian yet. Um, but I was a nutrition major and people, you know, obviously knew that. And I was eating, I used to, when I was in college, my friend would always make fun of me for this. Um, and I would always, they had really great desserts at my college. I went to Cedar Crest College, by the way. So I'm going to put that out there. It's a very small school in Allentown, Pennsylvania, but it's a fabulous school. So, um, but they had really good desserts and they had these cupcakes and I don't really like icing on cupcakes. So I would eat it with like a fork and I would just like leave the top there. So I was always, I would always have a cupcake and someone sat down at the table with us and she was like, oh my God you eat cupcakes. And she was like, that makes me feel better about what, what I eat because you're eating it. And I was like, Oh, well, or like, you know, and I was just like, Oh yeah, of course I eat cupcakes. Like I just didn't even think like what I would have to stop doing this because I'm a nutrition major. <laughs> so yeah, so definitely cupcakes have been one. Um, yeah. 
any French fries. That's another one I get a lot. I have, that's what, that one I get from work because I'll get French fries at work a lot. <laughs> and I get people saying like, oh, my God, you're eating French fries. <laughs> oh, yeah. Once you get that diploma, no more cupcakes, right? No more. Yep. <laughs> I remember the dietitian. So the dietitian I followed, at, she retired, the one when I have taken my position um, in long-term care. And I remember the the week she was training me. Every day she got French fries and she was like, I don't know what it is, but I like retirement has like knowing that I'm retiring, she's like, I don't know what it is, but I want French fries every day. And she would tell me each of the buildings that had the best French fries. So <laughs> You followed right. Like, I don't into know what Yeah. Right? She was like, When you retire, I guess that's what happens. You just get cravings for French fries. <laughs> uh, into that question, what's your favorite feel good food? Mm, okay, so I have it's gonna be like a set. So I wouldn't even say this is my favorite food per se. But when I was a kid, I was a picky eater when I was younger, and um, and I was always nervous too. So I also was like nervous about trying new things all the time. Um, but I ate a peanut butter sandwich, just peanut butter, from kindergarten all the way until my senior year every single day. So that was what I had every single day. For all those years, I had a peanut butter sandwich. And after I, I remember taking a picture on my last day of senior year of my peanut butter sandwich. And I was like, this is the last one. <laughs> and so I didn't have it for like, you know, a chunk of time after that. But now I'm back into it. And it's like my comfort food when I'm like, oh, like I need something, a little something. But like, I also like don't really feel like making a whole big thing. So that I will do that. And Hers lightly salted potato chips. It's like, everyone's always like, what? Lightly salted? I love them. I think they're like the best potato chips. I love potato chips. I will never, ever give up potato chips. <laughs> I always need those potato chips. In fact, I just had a handful with the sandwich right before I came down here. <laughs> so, uh, yes. Yep. <laughs> yes. Uh, last question. Best or latest book you have read? Oh, that's such a good one because, okay, so here's the thing. Because I used to when I was a kid I read like nobody's business I read all the time I was obsessed with it I loved it then you know you go to college and you're like you know your whole life falls apart because you're like I'm just reading textbooks or studying or doing things and you don't really read for fun anymore um so I kind of fell off that loop and I've been like with having you know I'm working full-time and also have my business that I'm spending a lot of hours on so there was just it was really hard for my attention span to focus in on um, yeah, to focus in on, on reading again. And I kept picking up books that were not keeping my attention. So I found this new author, this author, um, E. Lockhart, and I've really been liking her books called The Liars. Okay. And that was a really, it was a really easy read. It also was like a little touch of mystery enough that you're like, huh, what's going to happen? You know, but it's not like you have to keep track of a bunch of details. Um, so that one was really good. I mean, I think it's won some kind of award or something like that. So obviously other people thought it was good too. So awesome. I always, <laughs> I always put these on my list. So I, I just, definitely. thank you so much. Great to meet you and get to know you. Alrighty. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. I could talk to Emily all day. <laughs> She's very entertaining and sheds a wonderful light on this topic that honestly I was not aware of. Whatever the nutrition or health concern, we are bringing awareness to many topics on this podcast. 
And I am so happy to have Emily share her story and services to this much needed audience. So be sure to share this episode with a friend and check Emily out on Instagram at build.curves. That's a wrap for another episode. I have a couple of unique episodes coming up for the rest of the year. Oh my gosh, the rest of the year. (laughs) I can't believe we're closing up on 2021, but feel free to reach out to me with any topics of interest that you may have for the new year. Thank you so much for joining me on the Daily Dietitian Podcast.